Sleep just wake me up and <laughs> don't and cut out the snoring. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to this edition of the SomaCast, the weekly podcast from the Synod of Mid-America. My name is Landon Witsit. I am the executive and state of clerk of the Synod and your host for this weekly romp through Presbyterian fun. This week, we are excited to feature a conversation that I got to have with the interim executive presbyter of the Presbytery of Giddings Lovejoy, a man named Craig Palmer. Craig uh, came to Giddings Lovejoy a couple of years ago. Uh, for the express purpose of helping the Presbytery to live into a new vision. Um, and I've got to tell you, the new vision is pretty exciting, and the way that they're implementing it is pretty exciting. Uh, James, our Director of Operations, and I were with um, the Presbytery of Giddings Lovejoy a couple of months ago when they started their their new form of Presbytery meetings, and we got to talk to Craig uh, and his State of Clerk Terry and his associate Susan and some of the other leaders of the Presbytery. And i got to tell you, it was, it was just a great time. We had a wonderful time over there with Giddings Love Joy, uh, worshiping um, and doing the work, uh, God's work in the midst of the, uh, uh, of the presbytery there. So uh, here's the conversation that I had with Craig. I hope you enjoy it. When I came, um, one of the primary responsibilities was helping a design team that had already been formed to do its work and to come at some point in the not-too-distant future to the Presbytery with a plan of a new design for the Presbytery, including a, a new mission statement and, and uh, priorities and uh, design for the Presbytery. How did they decide <clears throat> that they needed a design team and they needed someone uh, that is a, that eventually became you? How did they decide they needed that team and, and a leader to... To, to bring something back to the presbytery, what was what was your understanding of their thought process? You know, part of part of this was started um, in the last years that Paul was here. Paul Ryder was here as as exec, and he had been working with them in terms of moving the presbytery to kind of a different place mm-hmm. than than being programmatic, but shifting the emphasis on congregations, supporting congregations, and 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 the leadership of congregations. And they were ready to kind of take that another step forward. And so they had a discernment team that began looking at that, and that morphed into a design team with a more specific uh, purpose of identifying clarity around the mission going forward and what's the process and structures around that. So a lot of it started with some of Paul's encouraging, right. maybe a little pushing, right. as leaders are wont to do sometimes, right. holding up mirrors, saying, here's what we're seeing, kind of stuff. Yeah. How quickly do you get the sense that they kind of grabbed onto that and decided, yeah, this is a great place to go? Well, I think they they you know did that while he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, when he retired, though, that the momentum was lost in terms of just the leadership of the design team and, and, and moving forward. And um, so I was able to, again, come in from the outside as an interim, have a fresh set of eyes, and then begin offering some suggestions about how to move forward. So being an interim, in your opinion, does that, does that help being able to guide this kind of process? Or would someone who had been serving a presbytery already for four or five years, would they be able to do something? Would, would they be able to have that kind of fresh eyes or... 
or would it be a profit in their own hometown kind of situation? Yeah, it really just depends a lot on that person in terms of how they're able to let go of the mindset or the the um, you know their their kind of worldview of of the presbytery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. We were we had a conversation in staff actually the last couple of days. Um, one of the shifts in the Book of Order that it just didn't connect with us until like just this past week. Councils are the presbytery meetings, and that's where the equality of ruling and teaching elder is required. Anywhere else, it's not required. Hmm. And so as we're looking, we're, we're just moving into presenting a, a model for a leadership team to replace our mission council. And... It just occurred to us uh, just a couple days ago that we actually don't have to have an even mix of ruling and teaching elders on this. We can broaden that membership to include that group of people that we really think can help this presbytery move into a, the adaptive change that it needs to do. It get you know get some fresh eyes, maybe some younger eyes, mm-hmm. and folks that perhaps aren't ordained as elders, mm. teaching or ruling. Right. And um, it was it was just interesting that you know that was possible two years ago or three whenever you know I guess it's almost three now um, and we could have even done that with the search committee but again I mean we're just you know locked into that even number of ruling elders even number of teaching elders mm-hmm. uh, so just thinking about that I mean so. I mean that's that's you know kind of how we get locked into that you know that way of seeing the church. So you know coming from the outside into the system, I can bring a new set of eyes, but I'm even but I'm still part of the Presbyterian system. So even even breaking out of that is still tough. Yeah. So how you know how a person that's been part of a system can help that system move? It's it will just be dependent on that individual mm-hmm. and how how they can kind of disengage from their former ways of thinking into the new ways of being open to what God's doing. Well, let's, let's contrast this new and this former thing. Mm-hmm. Um, describe a little bit uh, what the new thing that, that Giddings Love Joy has, has discerned mm-hmm. and, and compare and contrast that with the former thing. Um, the new thing, the, the kind of the new direction is just having clarity that we seek to be a community of vibrant congregations and dynamic leaders. And that also reflects what our priorities are, focusing on congregations and on the leadership for those congregations. Out of that comes um, how we are going to seek to live our life. And, And we've chosen not to think about, okay, what's the structure that supports that? We're actually trying to figure out the processes and relationships as we move into this. Mm-hmm. So we didn't come with any plan of a structure, of a decision-making process, of a budget, of a staff design, which was actually, you know, a year ago, that that's where we were all headed. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but in the work of the design team, it really opened up for us that that would be the old way of doing kind of this grand plan and then this is the structure and presuming we know what that would look like based on presumed needs that we see down the road. Mm -hmm. So the design team, uh, after some <laughs> struggle, um, came to that point of, of deciding, okay, we're not going to have everything nailed down. We're going to go with this a step at a time. And uh, so this, so the next, so the, so the first step we really moved into was, okay, what does it look like for presbytery gatherings? And we're changing the idea of meetings to gatherings, building relationships, trying to focus on how do we support congregations. So, so that was the first shift we As made. opposed to just hearing committee reports yeah. and taking votes. Also deciding we needed to go from four to six meetings, but to have the meetings much more focused and to have a different format. Mm -hmm. um, we tried that. You experienced one of those. We've got a second one coming up. Hopefully it'll be as positive as the first one. Um, and uh, but at, but at this next one, we're all we're moving into the kind of the first more fundamental shift in, in kind of the relationships and decision making, and that's this shift from a mission council to a leadership team, mm -hmm. going from twenty two members to fifteen, mm. focusing on this group being. Um, a body that, that will help this presbytery move forward in the adaptive changes necessary. Um, th another shift of that is that uh, the presbytery leader, as opposed to presbytery exec, um, is the moderator of this leadership team, similar to what pastors and sessions, mm -hmm. th that relationship. Uh -huh. um, and that, you know, that's going to be voted on at this next meeting. Everything else still is in place, you know, the command ministry, CPM, our ministry teams. We're not shifting any of that yet. It's This is the shift that we're, we're looking at now. So at this point you're looking at, uh, if someone were to ask for the, you know, the, the elevator pitch, it, it seems to me, just based on what you've said, that rather than treating the presbytery as some entity that sits above and apart from congregations, mm -hmm. you really want to fu function as, as connective tissue or space holding for, for congregations and persons associated with those congregations mm -hmm. to come together, learn who one another is, um, build those relationships between one another, and then out of that, programs could come or initiatives could come. Mm -hmm. But not prescribing what those programs or initiatives are, but really focusing on fostering intentionally that relationship there. So that way the Presbytery is not, not really an institution per se, right? But, but more of a space, more of a gathering space. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to, to create an environment where congregations want to find ways uh, to, to, uh, to be um, healthy, to be, to be vibrant. For pastors that want to come to this presbytery because this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to support them when they get here so that they can be effective, so that they can be dynamic leaders. So it doesn't feel like they're, they're required to serve the presbytery, but mm -hmm. in fact, they know that the presbytery is there to serve them and their congregation. Right. right. Mm -hmm. One of the interesting kind of outcomes of this, and un, un, I think unintended 
outcomes is that um, you know we we knew that that um, New Beginnings was a resource that the denomination had to work with congregations. Uh, we also knew that 1001 Worshiping Communities was taking off, and so we also began conversations around those two initiatives in our denomination. And we first built in conversations around new initiatives. Um, had uh, Philip Lotspeak come at the presbytery meeting you were at. Yeah. Yeah. And that be, kind of kicked off our new beginnings conversation. Mm -hmm. As of today, we have 10 congregations that have said yes to new beginnings. Wow. We've begun conversations around new worshiping communities, and we've got five potential new worshiping community ideas floating around. So suddenly, it's like, okay, now how are we going to support this? How are we going to staff this? I was thinking, <laughs> you know, we'd have these conversations, and I'd be gone before we had to worry about how we were going to staff this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, the energy is obviously the energy is there, and so it, and and the one thing we don't want to do is kill the momentum. No. So right now we're kind of in a scrambling mode to figure out, okay, how are we going to support these ten and maybe because they still have till Tuesday to sign up for this. So we're thinking there's probably going to be a few more yet that are going to say yes. But right now we've got ten. <clears throat> we've got the five worshiping communities. So mm -hmm. it's just, you know, yeah, we didn't have a, uh, ha you know, have a particular process or support system in place. We haven't figured out the staff ahead of time, but suddenly now we do have to figure this out. Right. And so. it's very clear what the Presbytery is wanting. I mean, you could have started yeah. these conversations. Nobody would have right. been interested, so you would have found another conversation. Yeah. Is, is that is that the idea of how to to lead in this time? Start putting putting pieces on the table and saying, "Anybody interested in this? Mm -hmm. Yes, no. Here's the next piece." Is mm -hmm. is that is that kind of the idea of what it means to to lead in a presbytery in this in this new day and age? Well, that appears to be what's working here. Okay. Uh, I mean, why do you why do you caveat it that way? Uh, well, I I think we're all discovering that there isn't a model, mm -hmm. so it's figuring out what's what will work here. I mean, I certainly that could be. I mean, I've seen other presbyteries where that kind of way of engaging is working, um, but to say that's it, I I wouldn't. I guess at this point, say you know that's it right. for everyone. Right. Um, but that, that's why we're incorporating kind of the open space model into our presbytery meeting to provide opportunity for conversations and see where the energy is, see you know where the creative creativity is, see where people want to be mm -hmm. in the conversation. It's incredibly messy. Yeah. This is this is not. I mean, you've, you've mentioned it already. This is not. Historic traditional Presbyterian no, mode of no, operating. No, no, no. It's well. It's also yeah. I mean, but in in many ways, it's probably more like the church in early in the you know the early church in Acts. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? What this is going to look like? Right. And um, in many ways, I think that's what we're trying to be open to. What's the, what is the Spirit doing? And 
we don't want to presume to know until we actually have an inkling of what we do know, right. you know, what we do see going on. Right, right. Um, open source development theory in the software world mm -hmm. and, and the, the kind of open theories suggest that um, rather than trying to plot the course, the best thing to do is to get um, a diverse enough group of people around a table mm -hmm. that have a particular kind of posture or uh, not even necessarily a skill set, but an mm -hmm. attitude. As you all are thinking about restructuring the, the leadership team, is that what you're right. calling it? Right. What are you looking for? Um, what, 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 what is the mark of what would be a good leader? Um, and I know in some cases it's like what Potter Stewart said about hardcore pornography. I know it when I see it. But what are you all starting to see that makes for a good leader in this adaptive change world? Well, I think some of the marks are, one, just being aware of the difference between kind of that adaptive and technical change or, or uh, uh, needs. Um, you know, knowing that, that we're after some fundamental shifts I mean, something else that we did as we were moving into um, focusing on our priorities was to clarify our values. We need to do more around helping the supposedary own those values, and that will be part of what I think this leadership team will be doing, is to help help um, help the presbytery take ownership of that and live into that. Um, so and remind them in some cases yeah, these are yours. Yeah, we, we've agreed to these. Now, what does it mean to to live these? Mm -hmm. um, I think having having folk that um, are, you know around the leadership team table that haven't been uh, immersed in the presbytery life will be part of what we need. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, having folks that do know what the presbytery has been to have that mix. Right. Um, you know, one of the things we've put in, you know, in, in writing is that we need to reflect the diversity of our presbytery around that table. Um, so not only do the folk need to have the uh, have have an openness to what can be or might be, um, but we also need to be intentional about reflecting who we are. Mm -hmm. In terms of the you know racial ethnic diversity, the geography of our presbytery, um, the experiences that, and, that people have from different sides of church, the theological you know spectrum that we have, trying to have as much of that diversity around that table, um, but all focused on helping realize the two priorities that are mm -hmm. that are before us. Can this work at a congregational level? Sure. This kind of thing. How, how, I would think so. If, if someone were to say, this this sounds like a good, you know, this, this resonates with mm -hmm. me, I would like for my congregation or my presbytery to, to run down this road. Where, what's, the first, what's the first place that they need to look? What's the first question they need to ask? Call Craig? No, I, I probably. I mean, I think, I think one of the gifts that Paul offered this presbytery was, um, you know, basically a, a, just take some time to listen. Uh, and listen for what? Well, for God's voice. Where, where, where is God speaking to us? Where, where, where are the nudges of the Spirit? And what is that saying to us? And then to be engaged around, be engaged around. Okay, what does that look like? 
you know, you know, if you say this is where God is leading us, okay, more particularly, what does that mean? Because that's that's really how we got to the two priorities. I think it's also, I mean, you know, as you look around the denomination, I think pretty much most presbyteries are focusing on congregations and leadership. I mean, that tends to be the the, the shift right. that we're all heading to. Um, how we engage that is going to be very contextual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the same kind of process would well, you know would would be the point to start with at a congregation. You know, listening for the voice of God in the midst of the silence. Nice, nice. For more information about the mission and ministry of the Synod of Mid-America, you can find us on the internet at synodma.org. That's S-Y-N-O-D-M-A dot org. If you have any questions and comments, please send us an email at office at synodma.org, or you can give us a call at 913-608-7662.